Welcome to the Kotki Ride Home for Wednesday, August 11th, 2021. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, Robin has officially come out of the closet. No statement from Batman yet, but I do have the other details and a brief history of LGBTQ plus superheroes. Plus, SpaceX is planning to put billboards in space, and plastic pollution is confusing the hermit crabs in Yorkshire. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. I've heard from a lot of people that one of the worst things about coming out can be when everybody else already knows. When you've been made fun of relentlessly for being gay, even before you were sure that you were, it can make it that much tougher to accept it yourself and to publicly admit it to others. As filmmaker Sav Rogers says in his TED Talk about representation on screen, quote, it sucks when other people know you're queer before you do, because then you don't have anything to protect yourself with, end quote. Fortunately, the subject of today's story is unaware of the fact that he's been the butt of homophobic jokes for the better part of the last century because those jokes don't exist in the comic book world in which he resides. But I bring it up to underscore how important this story is. That, yes, it's kind of funny, but it also means a lot to a lot of people, and will inevitably mean a lot to young people in the future, and do some good towards continuing to normalize queer people and queer relationships. I am, of course, as teased in today's intro, talking about the fact that Batman's sidekick Robin has officially come out. Now, we're not talking about a new Robin character in the DC Extended Universe films or the original Dick Grayson Robin, who first appeared in the Batman comics in 1940, or even the second Robin, Jason Todd, who took over when Dick Grayson retired to become Nightwing, and who was then kind of murdered by the Joker and resurrected and became the anti-hero Red Hood. No, the Robin in question today is the third Robin, Tim Drake who took on the mantle after Jason Todd died, first appearing in the comics in 1989. He was the Robin for my generation in some ways, you know, at least for those of us who watched the Batman animated series and didn't really understand the granular details of the Burton and Schumacher films. But in 2006, Tim Drake was replaced with Damian Waynes, Batman's kid, who has reigned as Robin ever since, with Tim trying to figure out where exactly he fits in. In his latest appearance in Batman Urban Legends number 6, he's still trying to figure out where he fits in, but on a much larger scale, a metaphor that hasn't gone amiss by comics fans. Quoting Susanna Polo in Polygon, In the ongoing story Some of Our Parts, Tim Drake tries to defeat a mysterious new villain who captured his old friend Bernard. Tim wrestles with uncertainty in a way that has become core to his character over the last decade. He feels as though he doesn't know what he wants, until Bernard, not knowing that Robin and Tim are the same person, wistfully refers to their interrupted dinner as a date, and Tim has a lightbulb moment. At the end of this episode of the story, Bernard asks Tim out on a real date, and Tim happily accepts. After 15 years of flux, Tim's clearest niche is that he's the Robin who doesn't quite know where he fits in the Bat family, a character who is consistently put in the position of interrogating his own identity, but who has never found a lasting resolution. That alone could be enough to make him a point of identification for queer fans, but Tim has a long history of being read as not completely straight thanks to a fandom affection for pairing him up with fellow teen titan and easily queered character Connor Kent, the Superboy of the 1990s, end quote. 
And Glenn Weldon in NPR echoes this while clarifying a point about Tim's sexuality, quote, You'll see some coverage declaring that Tim has come out as bisexual, but that's not technically true. Yes, he's dated fellow hero Spoiler, or Stephanie Brown, on and off, but his journey is just beginning, and Tim is still figuring himself out. He hasn't applied any specific labels to himself yet, and his creators haven't either, which only makes sense given who Tim Drake is. A huge number of different creators have written Tim Drake's Robin over the years, but a clear and consistent through-line has emerged. He's analytical, self-critical, and tends to over-intellectualize. In recent years, upon being supplanted by Lil Damian Wayne's' Robin, he's questioned his place in the Bat family, going so far as to rebrand himself with the perfectly terrible and just plain confusing name Red Robin. End quote. And writer of this groundbreaking issue, Megan Fitzmartin, did clarify that Tim hasn't put a label on himself yet, telling Polygon, quote, I wanted to pay tribute to the fact that sexuality is a journey. And to be clear, his feelings for Stephanie have been slash are 100% real, as are his feelings for Bernard. However, Tim is still figuring himself out. I don't think he has the language for it all yet, end quote. Which, honestly, is pretty awesome. You know, that's not every queer person's journey, but it's a lot of people's, and it's one that's not always portrayed in media, especially comics. Because for all the excitement and fanfare Tim Drake's well-measured consideration of his sexuality is getting, he is far from the first LGBTQ plus superhero. Northstar, a sometimes X-Men and member of Alpha Flight, was the first mainstream superhero to explicitly come out as gay all the way back in 1992. The first openly gay DC character was a few years prior to that, a flamboyant Peruvian stage magician named Extraño, who first appeared in the New Guardians Millennium series in 1988. He was a heavily stereotypical and short-lived character, but fortunately, writer Steve Orlando brought Extraño back in the New 52 in 2015 as an older, wiser, and very suave version of himself, with kind of proto-most-interesting-man-in-the-world vibes. Since then, there's been a ton of other queer superheroes and supervillains across both DC and Marvel, especially over the last decade, with, of course, much more representation happening at smaller and indie imprints. There's the Marvel Drake, Bobby Drake, aka Iceman, who came out in Uncanny X-Men in 2015, as well as Batwoman, Deadpool, Green Lantern, Raven, Catwoman, Loki, Spider-Woman, and many more who have come out as gay or bi in various iterations, and many more less recognizable or one-off characters have also come out as gay, trans, and more. Now, one of my favorites, John Constantine, has been consistently attracted to men and women since his first appearance in the comics in 1985, and has been canonically bi since 1992. Uh, to non-comic book fans, Constantine is best known by the 2005 Keanu Reeves adaptation, in which his sexuality is decidedly just straight as tends to happen with the on-screen adaptations. While Marvel and DC have a whole slew of queer, trans, non-binary, and intersex characters in the comic books, they've historically stunk at LGBTQIA representation on screen. Though Birds of Prey director Kathy Yan has said that she'd want to include Harley Quinn's relationship with Poison Ivy in the on-screen sequel if it happens. Though, given DC's hot mess of a track record with Harley Quinn movies, I'm not holding my breath. In any case, the point is that LGBTQ plus characters in the comic books are not new. But Robin is also, arguably, the highest profile hero to come out on the page and certainly the one most pervasively accused of being gay for 80 years. 
Nerdist even points to a 1954 book by psychiatrist Frederick Wortham that accused comic books of making kids violent and antisocial. He singled out Batman and Robin as, quote, a wish dream of two homosexuals living together, end quote. In an early version of the metal and then video games panics, parents freaked out and this dude's book nearly collapsed the comic book industry. As one part of helping to weather the storm, DC introduced Batwoman as a love interest for Batman and her niece Batgirl for Robin. And since then, while there have been countless academic articles and chapters of books written about positive interpretations of a relationship between Batman and Robin, or of just Robin himself being queer, there have also been decades of jokes about it. So much so that mentions of Batman and Robin can easily function as shorthand for implying there's something more to two men's relationship. And all that innuendo was enough to push DC to, as Eric Diaz says in Nerdist, quote, turn Dick Grayson into a ladies' man on the level of Bruce Wayne, end quote. And quoting further from Diaz and Nerdist, by making Tim Drake canonically queer, DC has decided to take all those boy wonder queer associations and turn them into a positive and not a negative. Instead of something to fight against, Robin's queerness is now something to embrace and celebrate. In a sense, by making Tim Drake bisexual, it's an inversion of the homophobic panic that forced DC to make the original Robin extra straight as a response. End quote. Even if the Tim Drake who came out isn't the original Robin to hold the mantle, to most people reading the headlines today, he's the same guy. The very first superhero sidekick is finally out of the closet. And that is a pretty big deal. At FanDuel Casino, we know the only thing better than a win is a free win. That's why we made Reward Machine, the daily free-to-play game that gives you a chance to win up to $2,000 in casino bonus. We've given away over $50 million in free bonuses, and we're just getting started. Every day at 6 p.m., you get three chances to spin the Reward Machine reels. There are three ways to win. One, match any three symbols for an instant win. Two, collect symbols each day for a chance to win weekly prizes. Or three, win up to $2,000 if you collect three trophies, FanDuel has given away over $50 million to hundreds of thousands of people through Reward Machine. So what are you waiting for? Download the FanDuel Casino app by going to FanDuel.com slash PA3 and start playing Reward Machine today. That's FanDuel.com slash PA3. No purchase necessary. 21 plus and present in PA. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable casino only site credit that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. In depressing future news we all knew was coming, SpaceX is planning to put billboards in space. The concept is actually the brainchild of Canadian startup Geometric Energy Corporation, or GEC, who pitched the idea to SpaceX and will be using a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket to launch their advertising satellite into orbit. And that satellite, which they're calling CubeSat, will have a pixelated display screen on one side, as well as an attached selfie stick to film the screen and live stream it for Earthlings to view. And of course, to buy advertising space, you have to buy tokens using cryptocurrency. GEC says that they hope to include Dogecoin as a payment option in the future. Now, to GEC's credit, they're not just doing this for advertising. Anyone can display whatever they want on the CubeSat so long as they pay, including independent artists. So, you know, maybe this will turn out to be more like an orbiting art exhibit and less of a billboard. At least, sometimes. 
Samuel Reed, CEO and co-founder of GEC, said this to Business Insider, quote, I'm trying to achieve something that can democratize access to space and allow for decentralized participation. Hopefully people won't waste money on something inappropriate, insulting or offensive, end quote. And that last part stood out to me, because, like, if you hope that people don't waste money on something inappropriate or offensive, why not just put that into the terms of agreement? I mean, I'm assuming that someone else on his team has actually thought of that, but that kind of statement really reeks of the lack of foresight towards moderation that's rife among tech startups. But anyways, quoting the Mary Sue, The Business Insider report comes from an exclusive via Reed, with no comment from Musk or anyone at SpaceX. Reed also says that SpaceX understands didn't take him seriously at first, and that so far he hasn't even met Musk in the flesh. So, best case scenario, Musk's involvement is exaggerated and the project never gets off the ground, literally. Worst case scenario, billionaires keep coming up with new space-related vanity projects while Earth burns even more rapidly than it already is. End quote. But hey, you could use Dogecoin to display your ad in space, and then watch it on Twitch thanks to the satellite's selfie stick. That's a sentence that would have made zero sense 15 years ago, and I kind of wish it still didn't. After covering the big IPCC climate emergency report on Monday, I hardly need to remind any of you of the gravity of the situation when it comes to our environment. But one thing that didn't get much attention in that article, but is still a very serious problem, is plastic. We make and dispose of entirely too much of it, and it's wreaking havoc on species around the world, especially in our oceans. And this next story does not in any way negate that, despite the fact that it is cruelly a little funny. Apparently, according to a new study from the University of Hull, one of the additives in plastic called oleamide is causing hermit crabs to become quite a bit, uh, well, quote, sexually excited, end quote. Quoting the Washington Post, Oleamide elevates the respiration rate of hermit crabs, which indicates excitement, researchers said, adding that the product is already considered to be a sex pheromone for some insects. Our study shows that oleamide attracts hermit crabs, PhD candidate Paula Schermacher said in a statement released Tuesday. Respiration rate increases significantly in response to low concentrations of oleamide, and hermit crabs show a behavioral attraction comparable to their response to a feeding stimulant, she said. Schermacher noted that oleamide has a striking resemblance to oleic acid, a chemical released by arthropods during decomposition, which may explain why it's mistaken for food and ingested by animals, which potentially increases their consumption of microplastics, end quote. The BBC notes that oleamide could also be used as chemical signaling in other species, and that, per the report, breeding cycles and reproduction rates of blue mussels as well may also be affected by increased plastic production as well as by rising sea temperatures. Clearly, I don't like that any of this is happening, but I do hope that all the headlines that get generated about sex-crazed hermit crabs put some much-needed attention on just how much human interference is having serious consequences on other species. Alright, so I feel like that last story was a bit of a bummer, so one last thing today to end on a better note. Remember KidPix, the painting software from the early 90s with all kinds of weird stamps and brushes and a neon and checkerboard palette that probably inspired several ska album covers of the day? 
Well, engineer Vikram Nijar has adapted it into a fully functional web app, so you can relive your artistic dreams of the 90s anytime you want. Just go to kidpix.app, link in the show notes. You can even save your creations as PNG files now. In fact, if you make something, please share it with me at JackIsNotABird on Twitter. I would genuinely love to see it. But that is it from me for today. As always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media and Cocky.org. I am Jackson Bird, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.